I've worked in Indigenous communities most of my life, so I'm aware of, you know, the socioeconomic factors that some of our people face, especially in healthcare. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lam Miigwech, for joining us. Native Lights is at its core a place for Native folks to tell their stories. And every week we have great conversations with wonderful guests from a whole bunch of different backgrounds. And we talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And it all centers around the big point of purpose in our lives. And here we are again, Cole. Another day, another opportunity to amplify Native voices. It's always a great uh, a way to cap off the day uh, by talking to some great people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, how you been? I'm okay. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm good. Um, I've currently been debating something, whether or not to get Invisalign or something along that lines. Oh. Something similar. Uh, Maria might have to get it, and I might try to just, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while, and maybe it'd be nice to have some support for her and mm-hmm. get it done myself. And that's teeth correction, or yes, what, however you'd like to put it. <laughs> I've always been on like the cusp of like maybe you don't really need it. It's more for aesthetic purposes, but we'll see. We'll see. And it, it got me thinking. Yeah. It's a, a, you know, a little bit of a way to transition into our guest. I mean, you don't want to talk about my brace face from high school when <laughs> I had braces. I remember that being a distinct point of conversation when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was perfectly fine and you got through it. And, I did. Yeah, without any problems whatsoever. It was great. <laughs> so any discomfort... Okay, anyway, continue, please. <laughs> Our guest today is in healthcare, and it just got me thinking about just the fact that when I think about it, I don't know if I've ever encountered a Native American you know, nurse, Native American doctor in my entire, or dentist, dentist in my entire, uh, entire life. But I know there's been you know, a push lately to get more people involved, more Native folks involved in the in healthcare, so there's familiar faces and um, you, you can build trust uh, because obviously uh, there's been a lot of uh, you know, conflicts with Native folk and mm-hmm. the medical community. Um, so building yeah. that trust is a big thing. So yeah, that's, I'm, that's why I'm very excited to speak to Tabitha Chilton. Tabitha is a white Earth Nation citizen who works as a Native American patient advocate in Bemidji, so close to in the neighborhood. Yeah, up, up, <laughs> up north there. Uh, at uh, the Sanford Health Joe Lucan Cancer Center. And here she is. Buju, Tabitha. Buju, Ishpanavikwe, Indigenakaz, Gawababiganakag, Nindunjiba, Mikazi, Indudem. My name is Tabitha. I am from the White Earth Reservation, born and raised here in northern Minnesota. Um, and I just moved here to Bemidji about a year ago. Nice. Uh, we always like to ask, uh, how are you doing? How is your family doing? 
Um, I'm doing great. I have a partner. Um, we've, uh, and we have three children together. We have a 19 year old, a 13 year old and a nine year old. And they're crazy, but fun. Um, our oldest just moved out last year. So that was a brand new experience, uh, graduating. And we still have a few more years left to go with the little ones. So it's kind of a, a, a long little span there. How are you all liking Bemidji? Um, we like it. And I, I apologize. It, it wasn't a year. It's been like three years since I've been oh. here. Sorry. <laughs> um, it goes by fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we enjoy it here. There's a lot of, um, you know, diversity here. It's close to home for me. And it's also close to home for my kids uh, who, you know, were very family oriented and really close with my mom and dad. So we like to go out there. Uh, once and again, go out to the woods and, you know, go to Sugarbush or wild rice or anything like that. So I always like to visit Bemidji. They have Thai food there. I'm over in Grand Rapids, so oh, I, have yeah. the, I have to make the trip to get some Thai food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good spot. Good spot. Um, so Tabitha, we like to start our conversations with the question, what's on the top of your mind? Well, um, I actually just uh, got off the phone with uh, one of our healthcare, it's like a, a medical insurance transportation service that we have. And uh, I have one of my patients who is starting radiation, and they're going to be uh, coming for about three months straight of weekly, daily um, radiation treatments. And, you know, they have a lot of uh, barriers that they just moved home and they're actually from white earth as well. Um, but I found transportation for them for the whole three months and they finally got back to me today and I was just like so excited and I just got off the phone with her and you know, she's, she was emotional and she was happy and she just like was so grateful. So I'm in like a very elated mood right now because I'm so happy for her and got to get her that and help her with that. Tabitha, that's white earth to Bemidji. Uh, it's from Heinz. To Bemidji every day for every day. three months. Wow. Yeah, I, I, was, I was super, super excited. <laughs> she like started crying, happy tears, and it was That's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, access to healthcare in you know up in northern Minnesota, it's a whole topic in and of itself. It so. is. It's it's one of my main issues here. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, let's get let's get into that. Like, uh, let's talk about your role at Sanford Health. Uh, you know, how did you find yourself there? What's a typical day like? Yeah, um, I kind of just happened upon this position. Um, my entire life, uh, or my entire working career, I guess, I've been working for um, Indigenous communities, mostly. Um, White Earth, where I'm from. Um, I also did a little volunteer work in Okmulgee, Oklahoma, with the Muscogee Creek Nation. Um, I assisted them in creating a youth program for one of their communities down there. And I've also worked um, for the state, for the ICWA Guardian Ad Litem Department. Um, I was the first 
ICWA related uh, guardian ad litem for the ninth district in Minnesota here. And then COVID happened. <laughs> mm. So that was a pretty big struggle. Um, I ended up, uh, you know, coming here. Uh, I seen the position. I kind of uh, have some work with uh, Indian Health Services with the Bemidji Area Office as well. Um, I had zero um, knowledge on, I guess, cancer-related uh, medicinal stuff, um, but I figured I'd give it a chance because when they announced it, it was mostly an advocate for, um, you know, uh, the local tribes. And I've worked with a lot of people in the surrounding tribes before, which are Leech Lake, Red Lake, and White Earth. Um, so I kind of just applied for it. It was the very first Native advocate position um, in the area and for Sanford. Uh, so we kind of just started from the bottom <laughs> and kind of got to where we are now. I feel like it's going great. It's been um, a little over a year now. So, What's the official role called? Is it Native American Patient Advocate? Um, it, it, yeah, it's Native American Patient Advocate is what I am. And we also um, added an additional role, which was a Native American Community Advocate. And that's, um, I'm actually more in the out patient side and the community advocate is in the inpatient side. Yeah, we've uh is that, are you talking about Rebecca Finde? Yep. Yeah, we talked we've talked to her. Uh, do you guys work together at all at any at any point? Oh yeah, we do. We even ride motorcycle together outside of work. So oh, for real? Really? <laughs> we love each other and you know we're really excited when she got the job. So yeah, we get to um we actually started our a little group within Sanford uh, among some of us uh, work indigenous workers and we named it indigenous business, <laughs> but um, we kind of meet up weekly and uh, collaborate with different departments and see if there's anything we can help each other with as well and advocate for ourselves and within Sanford and our community. So, okay. Remind me to ask what kind of motorcycle you ride. <laughs> Well, actually, I I borrowed Rebecca's okay. last year, and it was oh. a 1200 Sportster. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, my partner has his own, which is a 2015 Road King, um, and we're currently looking for one for myself. So, okay. yeah. Gotcha. You're in the market. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, back to your role. Can you say a few words on why the role was needed? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, as you mentioned before, you know, uh, we're living in a rural area. Um, uh, Sanford Health in Northern Minnesota is the biggest, um, you know, health location in the in the rural area of, you know, Minnesota, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. And it seems... I mean, I've worked in Indigenous communities most of my life, so I'm uh, aware of, you know, the socioeconomic factors that um, that some of our people face uh, while, you know, especially in healthcare. And I also know the insecurities that they have within the healthcare and the mistrust that has gone on for years and... Um, 
my background, I actually uh, graduate with my bachelor's degree in criminal justice with a minor in psychology, which is way far from what I'm doing now. But I mean, it's, um, it's needed, um, I guess, in the last year, uh, like I stated, when helping, you know, people with transportation, that's my hugest issue, um, is just getting people to their appointments and, you know, navigating uh, IHS referrals as well. And um, it's sad to say, but a lot of the patient, the indigenous patients that I see or come in, they come in at a late stage of their cancer or it's accidentally found because of course, you know, we have some of the worst, if not the worst healthcare as indigenous communities in the nation. Um, so it's sad to see, but it's also good to get those numbers and get that um, out into the reservations. And I want to work together with tribal communities so that we can um, do a lot of more, a lot more preventative care as well. Uh, not just, uh, you know, when they accidentally uh, find it on a CT scan or an MRI, when they, you know, finally uh, get referred out of IHS for something that IHS isn't able to do. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, I believe it's very, very much needed in here. And I'm glad that it's here and glad that I get to help someone. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Tabitha Chilton, a White Earth Nation citizen who works as a Native American patient advocate in Bemidji at the Sanford Health's Joe Lucan Cancer Center. Would you say then that preventative care, transportation, are some of the main needs for Native folks when it comes to health care? Or what would you say are some of the unique needs? Um, yes. Uh, preventative care is also a huge issue besides transportation. Um, we also have patients who, um, we have a lot of palliative care patients who have comorbidities as well, uh, such as, you know, diabetes. We have uh, some of them with like liver cirrhosis and um, heart issues, uh, weight issues, things that that aren't going to help with your treatments and, uh, you know, getting through to remission or to uh, curing. So like working around all of those comorbidities for our oncologists is probably worse than dealing with, you know, regular, not, I can't say regular, but mainstream healthcare um, folks. Um, you know, like diabetes is rampant in Indigenous country and, you know, heart issues and um, obesity. So, I mean, those, I think those three are definitely what would um come to mind when I think of the uh, socioeconomic issues, the major issues, the uh, comorbidities, um, the ruralness and the transportation, and as well as, you know, healthcare. So with, you know, you know, encouraging Native folks to seek out primary care, um, how, what kind of strategies are used to, you know, to 
to build trust and to you know, build a rapport with the community in order to have more people coming in before it's too late? What kind of strategies are being used? Um, right now, unfortunately, there's not a lot. Um, I know I speak with our community advocate, Rebecca, sometimes. Um, I mean, I only say not a lot from the Sanford uh, community or Sanford region. Um, I'm sure that uh, IHS may have some programs or the tribal departments have, you know, um, some programs to help that as well. But a lot of the patients that do come here too don't have primary care providers or they have haven't seen their primary care provider in years, or they didn't even know they needed a primary care provider to receive a referral from IHS. And so a lot of the people that come in, I like to make sure that they at least have a primary care provider at IHS, because regardless of where you're at, um, you can also have a primary care provider outside if you have your own insurance. But if there's a case where, you know, your insurance doesn't pay for something um, or it covers most of everything and you have a large copay for something else, then IHS and having a primary care provider, you would be able to get a referral. Um, and right now, that's probably my only way to get that out there for people to um, see their primary care provider. But also working here and knowing the community, I kind of just say it anywhere on social media. I kind of, you know, just let everybody know that, hey, you know, it's really, really important to see your primary care provider and just give everybody information outside of here. Absolutely. And the healthcare system is tough to navigate for anybody, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. all I know is I'm like, just ask my doctor. Yeah. And then they'll tell me where to go from there. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. is so important to have that, that first point of contact. Uh, when it comes to your, to addressing needs. And Tabitha, then who can utilize your services then as a patient advocate? Right now, I am only in the Joe Lucan Cancer Center area. So um, we're foc I focus more on Indigenous cancer patients um, who need assistance. Um, right now, they kind of filter through our nurse navigators uh, before me uh, to see, you know, if they need any extra assistance or um, when they come in, um, if they list themselves as either uh, American Indian, Alaska Native, I think is what they still call it. Um, but <laughs> if they check that box or if they're uh, referred from IHS, which is, you know, um, uh, anybody who is a part of a federally recognized tribe or a descendant um, is who they refer to me. Um, and then I kind of reach out to them and get some basic information from them. If I know them, you know, I joke around and, you know, they'll be like, hey, you're over there. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm here to help you if you need me. And just, but um, it's, it's nice. It's actually nice in a sense to, 
um, have people know you. So they trust you beforehand and they know that you will try their best to, you know, assist them. And I think that's what helped me a lot too, is that I had previous community rapport. And so people know me when I'm here and I, you know, know the number, like I'm calling your brother to get you, you know, into the doctor (laughs) or something. But yeah, (laughs) I had a lot of coworkers that were like, how did you get a hold of that person? I'm like, oh, that's my uncle or, you know, or, oh, that's, <laughs> I know their sister. I know their brother, you know, or, I know their grandma. I'll tell on them, you know, or get them to come here. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, not HIPAA. I mean, <laughs> right, right. HIPAA, just, just enough to get them in here. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so <laughs> Indian country. Like, yeah. who's your dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, so let's uh, let's take a, a, a big step back. You know, like what? Obviously, you have a, a, a passion for uh, the community and, and youth and, and all that. Just what led you down your path? Where, where did this passion come from? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, when I was growing up, uh, my dad was a real uh, community person for his whole life. He worked at the White Earth Land Recovery Project with Winona LaDuke. And I got to grow up in that environment of where, you know, uh, a lot of uh, pro, you know, activism and, you know, caring about your community and things and just even being a part of the community uh, in general. Uh, grew up with, you know, um, with everybody in White Earth. Um, I grew up with the kids outside. I went to, you know, Circle of Life. I went to Detroit Lakes High School. So I got to see the different, um, uh, the different areas of, you know, of Indigenous kids in different communities. And I also watched the struggle. Um, I watched us struggle, uh, through a lot of things. You know, I was, I was the bad kid, you know, growing up and getting into trouble and stuff. And fortunately I grew out of that and I kind of, um, started, uh, trying to help the youth after a lot of the kids that I were babysitting and taking care of started committing suicide and, you know, overdosing and, uh, things like that. It just kind of hit me pretty hard. And I moved away from home a lot too. And every time I would find out someone would pass away, I would come home. I'd always come home. And I eventually just, you know, like somebody has got to do something. And, just eventually moved home. I stayed home, um, did my little uh, visit in Oklahoma, and it kind of cemented the fact that I want to be close to home and I want to be here for my people and I want to um, do what I can with what education I have and what experience I have. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Tabitha Chilton, a White Earth Nation citizen who works as a Native American patient advocate in Bemidji at the Sanford Health's Joe Lucan Cancer Center. I saw that you 
created a, the first culturally based traumatic screening tool for White Earth Reservation Juvenile Healing to Wellness Program. Could you talk about that? Like that sounds that sounds pretty important. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it was more of a, I guess it was a collaboration as well, but um, I worked as the wellness, juvenile wellness coordinator in White Earth for um, a year or so. Uh, I worked with the juvenile National Juvenile um, Justice Department. Um, I worked with them in the, uh, a lot of different tribes, uh, went to a lot of, you know, different uh, trainings and sessions and things like that. And we kind of realized that there wasn't a tool for these children to be routed into um, places where they need uh, like chemical dependency more than they need mental health issues or if they um, need both. Um, And we kind of, I I just kind of always had a passion for youth and helping them get through their lives at a young age and uh, making them realize, you know, that there's more to that, but I also wanted to keep that culture in there. So it's been a long time since I've uh, even, you know, seen it, but it was something that uh, I'm not even sure if they are still using it. I am assuming that they do. Uh, This was quite a few years back, but they started using it in like Navajo country and also um, in Idaho, I think as well. Uh, But they made it, uh, more tribal based like mine was more based on Ojibwe people or Anishinaabe and it was kind of just like a a basic use uh culturally appropriate uh toolkit for um you know like I said getting them into the groups that they most fit in and using their culture as a base do you have ideas as to what an optimal healthcare system would look like for Native people? I, <laughs> that's such a long, I could, I could go on and on about that. Where would but. you start? Where would you start, Tabitha? <laughs> Where I would start would be Indian Health Services. Um, I mean, but understanding that it's a federally funded program and you only get what you get and it's not, um, as close to what is needed, um, you know, being able to have specialty um, physicians, even in uh, IHS locations nearby. I know Fargo is uh, in the middle of a few reservations as well, but they have no tribal uh, government uh, IHS or anything like nearby, which is essential for some, um, some, you know, we only go to IHS. We don't go to, we can't go to other locations or healthcare is too expensive for some. I would like to see more funding for specialized doctors um, at IHS locations. I would like to see um, more doctors available even in the rural communities. Um, it's it's hard to keep uh, physicians and, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with nurse practitioners or advanced practice practitioners, but some people feel more comfortable with um, medical doctors. So that's probably my, my biggest wish is for IHS to get the funding that they rightfully 
should have. <laughs> Thank you to Tabitha Chilton, a White Earth Nation citizen who works as a Native American patient advocate in Bemidji at the Sanford Health's Joe Lucan Cancer Center. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Kikawabamin. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.